and welcome to a very special edition of the Richmond Bigfooty Tiger Cast. I'm your host, Michaels, and with me tonight I have a very special guest. He was initially drafted with pick 55 by Richmond in the 1998 National Draft as a 17-year-old. He played 48 games and kicked 25 goals. Mark Dregasiewicz, welcome to you. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. No worries at all. Uh, we'll start off, I suppose, in your, with your younger days in the draft year. So in the, in the lead-up to the draft, did you have many clubs sort of contact you and, and give you a bit of a heads-up that they were keeping an eye on you? Yeah, it was an interesting one. Back then, uh, we, we had the draft camp. Um, it's obviously a little bit less professional than what it is now, but uh, it was literally just draft camp, get invited, and then you go do a bunch of testing, and then in between tests, uh, any club could request to... Let's, let's say have a job interview with you or have a meeting with you. And uh, so I spoke to every club at that draft camp. And um, from that, I probably got half a dozen clubs that were, were were pretty keen, but a lot of them were telling me that I was going to go early in the draft and that they wouldn't get to pick me, you know, all that sort of rigmarole. And um, the one club that did stand out was Geelong. Uh, I played for Geelong as a kid. I grew up in Geelong. They said, uh, you you we'd pick you up at uh, pick X. I won't say what pick it was. And uh, if you're still there, we don't think you will be. Pick came around. It never happened. Then the next pick they had was uh, pretty early uh, after that as well. That that never happened. So I'm thinking, okay, hang on a minute. <laughs> what's going what's to happen here? But um, that, that was back in the day when we could only, uh, the club's going to only pick one 17-year-old. So um, I, I, uh, I sort of did the math throughout the draft that um, by the time my pick came around, there was literally uh, two clubs left, and luckily enough, the Tigers uh, came came about. And did, did they express interest in you? Were they one of the clubs that said they were keen? Yeah, they actually did initially, and then as the draft was going on, I completely forgot about him because their first pick wasn't, I think, until about in the 40s. I think they picked uh, James White at that point. And then when they picked him up, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Richmond still got a seven-year-old. I remember talking to them. They, they liked me. I liked them. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, this might be my last chance. And uh, and then and back then they used to announce it on TV, play a number, and they'd go through six numbers, and yeah. you had no idea what number you were. So you just all right, get through the numbers, get through the numbers. I've often wondered, then, though, because uh, it's obviously televised yeah. a lot more now. I'm, thinking, I'm pretty sure none of these kids have any idea what that number is. They're just waiting for <laughs> no, a name. We don't need the generic one, 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 yeah. <laughs> three, four, five. I can't remember what number it was, but, yeah, um, that's how came about and uh, yeah I'll stay but yeah the Tigers uh, I do remember definitely showed some interest oh that's good and then from the time they read out your name um, how long was it until you had your first day down at the club and what was that first day like oh gosh yeah I remember so I was the draft was on a I'm pretty sure it was on a Saturday and I had to do a English uh, my English exam on the Monday and then I was down by the end of the week. So I had two more exams to go, an English exam, a biology exam. And then um, by the end of the week, I was down there and I was just like a kid in a candy store, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I was still in high school. I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? And to be honest, uh, back then the facilities weren't great. Um, nothing like what if, if, if you've been down to the uh, facilities these days, they just state of the art. You're lucky you walk in and it's just like, okay, there's just like, you can just see hard work and sweat and, yep. and you know, all that sort of thing. And um, it was just like, okay, this is just feels like home type yeah. thing. And uh, so I, I was the type of kid who would just keep, keep to myself and I, I'm not very uh, boisterous, didn't want to be outspoken. I always uh, remember people saying, look, <laughs> 
don't go in there being a, a big mouth or anything like that. So I just kept to myself and then just waited for people to talk to me. And then, yeah, you see like the likes of Richo, Matty Knights, Paul Broderick. I, I could go through a whole, a whole yeah. host of Duncan Calloway and like, they just I'm standing next to them and the, the, I remember someone I can't remember who it was they they said to me okay now now's the time to just forget like the big dream you're actually here let's get to work type thing so it was really cool and, and while that might be true that must be just an extremely hard thing to let go of just to stop thinking about it because yeah you're standing next to these guys yeah. who you've watched on TV no doubt every week yeah. and it must have been pretty hard to concentrate on the exams as well <laughs> oh gosh! Okay, I tell you, like I, um, I was doing okay at school. I was, I was going well, and then when that happened, I, I remembered. This, I shouldn't really admit this publicly, but yeah, I basically just went in and put my name down on the exam and walked out of, of the, <laughs> the rest of the ones because I was like, okay, well I'm playing AFL now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to say my, my overall mark because back then you had to do three three uh, exams to get your total mark. So my overall mark mark came down. Because um, I was just like, okay, I'm playing footy. Yeah. That's all I can really oh. focus on. So yeah, it was it was it was certainly a very surreal feeling. That's for sure. I can imagine. And then you made your debut round two in 1999 against Sydney on the MCG. What was that feeling like running out into the ground? Oh, again, it was just like I'll never forget just walking up the tunnel. And then, and I think we had 40, must have been mid 40s, uh, 45,000 or something like that then. <laughs> I've gone from playing in front of 45 people, yep. uh, you know what I mean? So just the raw, you know, it was just uh, something that's very hard to describe. Um, I remember looking up and going, this place is huge. I have been here before, but when there's actually people there and they're actually cheering the team that you're um, that you're playing for, I, I certainly had to take a few looks around in the warm-up and go, okay, now let's snap out of it. Let's just let's go and play some footy. So, yeah. so you did kind of switch off from all that once the ball was bouncing, it was game on, it was just football as normal yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah. I just I just said to myself, you just got to get a, a bump, a, a tackle, whatever it is, a kick, whatever it is, just get involved in the play and then everything sort of just uh, becomes natural after that. But it was the – I do remember the, the nerves driving to the ground and then just walking through that tunnel and then, yeah – that that sort of hit me then that I'm I'm actually here. You yeah. Know? So and, yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. <laughs> and kicked a goal in your debut, so that's obviously a, a great result for your first game. Did all the boys get around you? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was late in the last quarter, actually. Uh, I, I do remember that, and I, I don't know if you. Well, I mean, it was VHS back then, probably the footage. <laughs> that's how long ago it was, but uh, my hands would have been shaking big time, and. The fact that it slotted through, and then I just did this weird celebration. I just ran off. I didn't know. <laughs> couldn't control my body. And then eventually, I was like, someone come to me, something. And a bunch of boys came to me, and then that, that was, uh, that was a, probably one of the greatest feelings in football that I've had, for sure. I can imagine. Uh, and at the club, as a, as a young bloke, did, did you have a mentor or anything like that to help find your feet while you are there? Um, yeah, it was it was strange again because I just came from such humble beginnings. I was just I was looking up to all those names that I just mentioned previously. But uh, in terms of their training habits and the position that I was looking to play, I, I think Matthew Knights was uh, one for me that he probably didn't know, but I was I was watching him and thinking, okay, like the way he goes about it. It's, it's it's like so much of a step up of what I'm used to and try and jump on the coattails of that. And, yeah, I, I guess for myself even, 
I probably took it a little bit for granted early on and um then then once you actually get into the training and you realize how hard it is and like these guys have been doing it for years and years it's like okay we well, you need to then follow in these good examples and these good footsteps. And there was a, there was actually a lot of good examples there at the Tigers at the time. Oh, that's good. And speaking of those good examples, who was the best player you played with at the club? Oh, gosh. It's a, it's a, it's a fair <laughs> list, admittingly. It, it is like... It, it's so frustrating when you do look back on it. And if you individualise some of the players that we had at that time, there was some really, really, really good players. Like, again... Matthew Knights would be up there. Paul Broderick, in terms of they all offered something different, but Paul Broderick's hands are as quick as you, as quick as Greg Williams. But I guess for longevity, and like I, I probably played with him for longer, and and then to see him progress afterwards, like Matthew Richardson, for someone that size, <clears throat> like you'd look at him and go, okay. You know, I'm, I'm sure he can run, but then when you watch him on the track, it's like a racehorse. Yeah. It's like okay, but then he goes and kicks goals and, and he has the passion for the club. So the, for the the overall sort of Richmond person, I probably can't go past Richard. Yeah, he's a, he's a club favourite, that's for sure. Yeah, and he's a, yeah, he's a ripping bloke. Yeah, he is. He is. From all reports, he's just um, one of the nicest people you ever meet. Uh, unfortunately, early on in your career, you obviously tore the ACL. I think it was in uh, 2001 you tore the first one and the club was going pretty well that year, heading towards finals. How hard was that yeah. to deal with mentally? Yeah, it was like I, like the first couple of years, I was I was probably coming off the bench and then playing forward, and then I'd get a stint on the wing, and then I reckon at the start of that 2001 season, I, I was I built up a bit and I was ready to play into the midfield, and felt like I was um, starting to find my feet there, and then yeah, obviously that happened, and. <laughs> It was a very, very much a shock to the system, but at that time, it's like, okay, nah, all right, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. It's fine. I've never really had a, an injury. Yep. So when you actually do officially hear from uh, a surgeon saying, okay, now you're going to miss, you know, X amount of months, 12 months, whatever it was, um, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, and the emotions sort of, sort of kick in. And then for me, probably after a week, like, I had my surgery and then I was like, okay, well, there's only, there's two ways you can go. You can dwell on it all and uh, just, you know, fade away or actually turn this negative into a positive. And that, that really was a really good turning point for me mentally in, in my whole football out, out sort of outlay. Um, I just knuckled down, just tr- trained my ass off, to be honest, and um, just thought, okay, if I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back, you know, as they say, bigger and stronger or whatever yeah. it is. But it was more that mental resolve. It really did teach me that any setback you can sort of – you, you can come through. And um, I, try, I try to work on parts of my game that I could – without using my legs so that was my hands and and that sort of stuff and my reflexes so there was i i think yeah it was to be honest i was lucky i had a couple of guys in the actual rehab group with me uh, i think craig Bidiskin back then was it was with me and he was a senior player and to have someone sort of go through it as well was it was uh very helpful yeah also. i suppose you do often hear about players who go through that by themselves do say it can feel quite lonely at times so that probably was a good thing to have someone like craig alongside yeah. you yeah, hundred percent. I mean, um, I, I was told to write write things. I, I liked writing, and so I wrote a journal and wrote down my daily thoughts and did all this sort of stuff, whether they were positive, negative. And I just felt that 
in, in, instead of verbalising it to every Tom, Dick and Harry, you probably would like, come oh, on, we're sick of that, Drago. Oh, it's enough. Um, I, I could just I could just do that. But then also to have someone literally going through the exact same thing next to you, you can just go about your daily business but also push each other really hard in training. And so you've gone through all your rehab and you've gotten yourself back to AFL standard. And then, unfortunately, in the pre-season of 2002, it went again. Did you know straight away yeah. you torn it again? Well, yeah, it's it's a really funny one. Like I look back on it now, and um, I remember in the warm up, we were at uh, Telstra Dome as it was back then, uh, doing the old as you do, just jumps, jumps up in the air, jumps up in the air, and I landed, and I was like, oh, okay, that didn't that didn't feel great, but then sort of just kept kept trotting along, went out. Obviously, the warm up's pretty much straight line, and then. Literally within, I think it was a minute of trying to change direction that I just, just the knee buckled and I knew, I actually knew straight away because it, it wasn't like a, a pain that I did from the first one because that was from a, a Glen Archer coming across my knee. This one, it just, it just felt like, okay, the whole stability of the knee just went. And, uh, so deep down, I, I knew that time that it was gone and, um, yeah, so that, that, that was a uh, another mental hurdle to uh, overcome. Yeah, I've actually had two knee reconstructions myself, so and the second time I tore mine, I wasn't totally sure, um, but I ended up yeah. kind of overstretching it quite a bit, and, um, yeah, I just left it for a little while, and then, yeah, sure yeah. enough, off it goes. Um, so did you, did, you have yeah, the, exactly. did you have the hamstring graft or the patella? I had the hamstring first, and then I uh, had the patella second. Okay, so, so you've gone down both. I've had one of each, and, yeah, and which then, I still feel to this day. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. The knee itself, yeah. though, now is fine? Uh, it, it, to be honest, I have not had a clean out since that, uh, that second operation, but I got a knock on um, my knee earlier this year. I think it was round three. Yes, I am still playing, funny enough, but um, I, I got a knock, and... Uh, it was like, okay, I can't really walk. Thought I'd, I'd go get checked, and then uh, they said, I, I, we don't really know how you've been playing football, let alone walking properly for yeah. how many years because you, your knee needs to be replaced. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what age am I? So, yeah, I, I found that out. But then, I, I stupidly enough, I, I tried to make a little comeback last week. So I, I, played a, I played a game last week as well. So it's hard to keep me down, but... Uh, I think I do know now, kind of mentally and physically, the time is coming to the end, so it might be the end of this year. Oh, at least you've been able to keep milking it, though. That's the main thing. <laughs> I just keep milking it, exactly. <laughs> so the career at Richmond finished in 2004, but you did continue on at West Adelaide, and you obviously had some pretty good seasons there because you come runner-up best and fairest in three consecutive years. So you obviously mm. had some pretty good confidence back in the knee once the reconstruction did take place. Yeah, I mean, I I did a, lot, a power of work again in that after the second one. Like it, it's it's so helpful to have uh, professional people around you and who push you and like you obviously have to do it yourself, but you also need people guiding as well. So I, I completely changed my game after that. I um, become more of an inside player, put on a fair bit of uh, muscle, and once I um once I I had that year, I just I felt like I needed one that that year but then I if by the time next year would come around I'd be okay because it, it you know two knees like it doesn't just take six months or 12 months it, it's generally an 18 month um, job mentally and physically so I felt like by that 2005 season I would have been ready to go but um, unfortunately it wasn't to be so I went over to West Adelaide and yeah it felt great um, and, and and played some good footy uh, for them 
which was good. And it was just good to be back playing and uh, consistent football, you know, because um, obviously had those uh, injuries and you just lose the, con- the consistency and the, uh, the ability to play week in, week out. And that's what I missed the most. But yeah, I had a great time in Adelaide. Did, um, did anyone, any clubs happen to contact you during those three years? Because obviously you're playing good footy. <clears throat> Uh, it was more. It was more in between uh, the uh, the listing from Richmond to Adelaide. I, I trained with uh, trained with St Kilda and Essendon, and um, which I was sort of told back then that I, I might have been picked up. I was a good chance to, to be picked up in the draft, but it, it never eventuated for whatever reason. So uh, after that, it was it was pretty much now nah, that that's it. That's so. Right. Yeah, and you've um, you've had some various coaching roles in recent years. And was coaching something you always wanted to get into? Um, if you asked me early on, probably not. And then um, I, uh, I I took on a bit of a development role. Um, so with West Adelaide, I just felt like I felt like I was a senior player, even though I, was, I still wasn't that old. But um, I, I loved that we had a lot of good kids coming through. And I was like, okay, this 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 could be um, this could be something that I could do in the future. But then um, it was a, a few years later I got asked to do some work with the GWS Academy um, when I moved to Canberra, and uh, that's when my sort of first real passion, I, I think, for coaching came through because. I, I just saw in those kids a chance that I never had uh, growing up to, to be coached and mentored through through their development and um, and then to see their response and they're like sponges. I was like, okay, this is this is the type of environment I'd like to be in. So that's how that came about. Yep, and you're still currently assistant coach for the GWS AFL Women's Team, aren't you? Uh, well, well, technically, no, because it was a, a one-year contract. Oh, okay. So uh, um, when when all that comes up again and, and, and the new season sort of kicks into gear. I'm not too sure what's going to happen there. I had a great time doing that. Again, if I had a great time doing the uh, the kids, this, this was an awesome experience. Um, the girls, are, they just absorb everything and they want to learn and that, like you feel like whatever you're saying, they just go out and do. And it's like, as a coach, that's all you can ask for. And um, there's some really talented girls um, at the GWS uh, Giants. So uh, I had a great time last year and I was looking after the midfield, which is my passion as well. So um, we had a really good group there. And is there any aspirations to move into senior coaching, whether that be at AFL women's level or even senior AFL level? Um, That sort of stuff, like, again, I'll just see how, how it comes at the end of the day, my passion is 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 coaching. I I, uh, I do love um, development. So uh, if, if any opportunity arises in the future, uh, we'll just take it as it comes. But uh, I certainly enjoy that side of things, and and um, and like seeing uh, people gain success, I guess, out of uh, being in a group of environment of coaches, that, uh, especially like we had at the Giants. Surely you should maybe uh, hit up Richmond for when we hopefully get our women's team in. Put your hand up for that one. <laughs> Come back home. Come back home, you reckon? Yeah, that's it. Anything's possible. And outside of football, you're the business development manager at Winning Moves. Um, tell us a bit about that journey. Yeah, so I, I came about... I. I I started this job uh, a few months ago now, and it's, it's such a unique company that uh, combines. So we basically own the rights to create bespoke editions of uh, Monopoly and all Hasbro games. So guess who? Trivial Pursuit, uh, Connect Four, and we own a game called Top Trumps, which is huge in the UK. And basically, we 
we tailor and exclusively, <coughs> sorry, um, customise games uh, specifically to clubs. So, for instance, we've done the Canterbury Bulldogs and and the uh, Cronulla Sharks, who, who basically you can replicate and 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 take uh, change the property squares on the board to legends of the club players uh, so every, everything could be changed and and, and customised to your brand and like we've recently opened up the channels here in Australia so I look after all our sporting partnerships and really really keen to get the AFL clubs involved and especially the Tigers because uh, I've, I've never met a more passionate bunch of uh, supporters who would love to see their uh, the likes of Richo and, and Jack Dyer and that on Mayfair oh, that's right. imagine, so, you, yeah. uh, imagine yeah. buying yeah. over Richo I mean who wouldn't want to do that <laughs> So to be able to combine, yeah, my love of sport and and to be honest, I'm a big kid when it comes to ball games. Uh, it, it's a it's a pretty cool job for me. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, now you spoke at a Richmond pregame function in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. So have you had yeah. much opportunity to keep track of Richmond this year and how they're travelling? Yeah, I watch them every week uh, without fail, and um, it's been a it's been a really good journey this year. Uh, like. <laughs> I think after last year's disappointing year, we forget how much improvement that they made in the, in the previous three. So I guess this year they changed the game style, whether it's through uh, choice, I don't know. But uh, those those kids up forward have, have certainly sparked something and have sparked a lot of energy. And our back line is very underrated. We've got obviously the big fella Rance down there, but uh, Asbury and Grimes and uh, a lot of run off halfback short. Um, like it's a really, really balanced outfit at the moment. So, uh, and to be able to do that, I guess with Griffith, Griffiths going down up forward, um, it's been really impressive. And the fact that we openly admit that we're not going to blow teams away, we 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 love the hard contest. We like it in close. Um, so I, I just think it's it's a good finals type brand of football. Um, that should stand up in the test time. Obviously, those those few games that we lost by uh, under 10 points were, were quite frustrating and hopefully don't come back to Hornets. And, uh, but the actual style you can see, and I think most Tiger supporters would agree, is is something that you go to the game thinking, oh, we can win every game. Absolutely. And I think yeah. last year was, was close to unwatchable, as much as that pains me to say it. Um, but it, just, it was never going to get us anywhere. And the fact that the coaching staff put their hands up and admitted they had to make a few changes and they've implemented those, it's an exciting brand of football to watch. So it's, you're spot on. And the back yeah. line is very underrated. I reckon we'd have Asprey in our top three in the BNF at the moment. He's been super yeah. important to us down back. Yeah, especially uh, like and the coaches and and the people giving the votes within the inner sanctum will know how important he's been and uh, he might not get uh, any league accolades or anything like that, but for for what we need, he, he's been uh, a pillar of strength for like you, you can't survive on just one good key forward back on mid like there's a spread in there and they're all doing a lot of things off the ball to help each other and support each other and uh, if you go and watch a game live you can see that it's hard to watch that on tv and it's 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 all, all good to be a catch supporter but uh yeah the, you can see when you go watch a game live that the way they work together is uh is pretty first class it is and just before we let you go one last question putting your coaching hat back on if you could bring in one player from any other club in the league to help improve the current side who would it be and why oh this is a really good question um Oh, right now, I would have to say um, uh, someone like a, a Lynch from Gold Coast. 
um, a big a big key pillar up up forward to help Jack. I know Benny Benny's gone down, but um, yeah, if you can just have that big big key key. Uh, Key fella up forward. I think yeah, midfield is is quite solid. I mean, if you say yeah, could you bring Dangerfield in? Yeah, of course you're going to say bring Dangerfield yeah. in. But I think I think the big key post player is is a bit special and and very hard to uh, sort of come across. So someone like a Lynch or even a Josh Kennedy or yeah, someone who can who can just take the pressure of Jack who can who can roam around and uh, do his thing, which he has been doing pretty good anyway. No, I agree a hundred percent. That's that, that's just gonna straighten us up a lot more, especially with like bailout kicks down the line and things like that. And we've got yeah. the we've got and as you said, we've got the quality forwards now that can rove off him if it does come exactly. to ground. So. It's just someone someone to bring that ball to ground and uh, and, and let him do what he has to do. So yeah. Uh, for sure. Good call. I think there'll be a lot of Tiger fans agreeing with that one. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on, Mark. Really appreciate it. Uh, we wish you all the best, and we definitely do hope to see you back at Tigerland one day. Uh, appreciate it. I'm always looking to get around the club, so uh, thanks for having me on. No worries. Thank you. Cheers.